We are returning to the world of The Walking Dead for Joe Blogs about TV this week. Thank you again for clicking on this podcast. It really is appreciated. If you'd like as well, jump onto Facebook and give the page a like. It's Joe Blogs about films. Just search that, of course, and you'll be able to like the page. And again, just keep up with the uh, with the podcast itself. But again, if you listen to this on Google, Apple, Spotify podcasts, or even RSS.com, thank you again. Episode 29, I thought I'd do a... Well, just a, a kind of a, a review, overview of what's just happened in the first half of the final season of The Walking Dead. It's nice to come back and, and talk a bit more about The Walking Dead. Obviously, there's a, there's a previous episode that I did on the podcast. I think it was like episode six called Why People Stopped Watching The Walking Dead. If you have checked that out before as well, thank you. Um, I love the show. So I'm a massive fan. It's one of my favorite TV shows. I love the comics as well. Um but yeah, I, I just thought I'd do something because, you know, I, I, like I said on the previous podcast, it's one of those shows that I absolutely love. You know, I can rewatch, I can binge it, even the, the seasons where it does dip a little. But, you know, viewers stopped watching it for, for, for many reasons and we went over it in that podcast. But that's not, you know, to take away anything of my love and admiration for this uh, TV show. But I, I will say that, yeah, so just coming into to season season 11 um the first half of it um you know it's what we're going to talk about here but like the build up to it, it feels like it's just we've just had so much walking dead of late of you know just taking taking aside all the spin-offs and everything that's going off in the world beyond and fear the walking dead um you know like with the pandemic delaying the season 10 finale episode by a good four or five something silly months um you know it, we then got those bonus episodes at the start of uh, 2020 um or even no we got this bonus episodes at the start of this year in fact sorry um so it just feels like we we just got those bonus episodes and then we're back at it again um i mean you know in respect to those bonus episodes they they did the job i guess so there there were some fantastic episodes in particular the the here's negan episode and the first one obviously home sweet home uh, where you know we got to see more of the the return of maggie lauren cohen's maggie um you know that was they, they were great there was just a couple of the ones in the middle of the bonus episodes that i felt like were just kind of filler nice to you know nice how they did it in terms of being able to film around the whole uh, pandemic and everything and keeping you know um, you know, re- restrictions and, and social distancing in place. So fair play for that. And I think that the bonus episodes were, were like a bit of a nice treat because as I mentioned just a minute ago, we had to wait a long time for that episode 16 of, uh, of season 10. So to have, uh, you know, six extra episodes was, I don't know, a nice little mini treat. Uh, but the, the main news obviously following that was that season 11 would be The Walking Dead's last season. And for me on, on, on a personal level, you know, I think it is the right time to uh, to, to kind of wrap things up a little. You know, we've, we've we lost Rick at the end, you know, in between, in the middle of season nine, um, and not that the show has dipped or anything since then. I think the Whisper arc was, in places, absolutely fantastic television. Some really intense and scary moments, and you know that the cast throughout that were absolutely fantastic, really. So, yeah, there's been some really excellent moments. I still stand by that season nine, even after Rick left, was one of uh, one of the better seasons of Walking Dead. But I just feel that we're, we've, you know, we've been moving towards this. I think they've definitely been building up. There's only so much that they can or could do. Um, you know, to keep this show kind of, well, not entertaining because it's still a really interesting story of where these characters are going to go next. I mean, but on, for me, anyways, I'm just kind of like itching for them to move towards an ending, but also let's return to the Rick story a little bit because I, uh, 
yeah, I want to know what's going on with that. Where are these films? Where are these films? They're the Tekken Ages. Um, but we'll, we'll again, we'll probably talk a bit more about that maybe on this podcast or another podcast. So, you know, this final season, it's, you know, they've, they've kind of bigged it up in terms of the adverts and such saying, you know, that, that it's, it's going to be epic. Like, I think that Angela Kang is a fantastic head writer now. I think she's come in and done something marvellous with the show. It kind of was just stale for a few seasons, especially those seven and eight. After the opening of season seven, it was, I don't know, there was just a few there were some brilliant episodes like I could say in season seven and eight but I don't know like it just it did seem a little I don't know very just similar constantly the same uh, but I think Angela Kang has really really made this show so much more entertaining and you know Greg Nicotero as well fantastic uh, you know behind the scenes he said that they this final season is kind of like a big you know, swan song almost. It's you know, it's the sense we want to give back to people and and you know, almost re- remind people why they fell in love with The Walking Dead. And I think they've done a pretty good job so far. I mean, you know, in comparison to some of the previous reviews of, of last season, you know, last few seasons, the episodes weekly are getting praise galore. I mean, in particular, I mean, I don't really judge things on IMDb or, or Rotten Tomatoes, but I do like to have a quick gander and have a look and see what what's been said there in this, that, and the other and. They're very, very high. I mean, sometimes they're a little bit higher than what I thought the episodes actually warranted maybe in this season, which kind of brings me to, to to back to what we're here for, which is obviously my thoughts on this first half of the season. And just before we dive into it, it's just kind of a summary of my thoughts. I think it's been pretty good. Not amazing, not not the, not the best. There's been moments or, or you know, story elements in this first half that I've not, well, not not enjoyed, but think that didn't, need to happen or something like that or, or you know could have been done differently or, or or handled or even just pick up the pace man come on like I think especially with like stuff like the Commonwealth which again you know I've been waiting for this to come in from the comics and you know how much of a big key part this is to the the actual story's end obviously the comics end but now it's going to be the ending of, of the show and I, I won't that's the other thing I should say sorry we're going to obviously go over spoilers of season 11 and, and bits and bobs and stuff but I'm not going to do anything about you know I'm not going to necessarily talk about in comparison to the comics or even talk about what happens at the end of the comics because I, I think we can save that probably till the very end of the walking dead's run when it's completely done i do like a, a review of the uh the the ending of the season um yeah so I, I, I won't go into too many details of that and to be honest with you i was saying this earlier to one of my uh, to one of my friends that i don't really um it's got past a point now where there's no point even trying to compare it to the comics i mean yeah you, you we, we can look at you know from panel to to screen almost and 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 go oh this is how they did it and da-da-da, and what you know that kind of thing um but the show is so different now to to what the comics you know is that just take them as two separate uh, two separate entities same name and such and characters and yes you know story threads are given to other characters and such um but i don't know they've, they've kind of they have you know steered quite a lot and again they have done that in season uh, season 11 because you know the main thing or the big the big driving force of this for me in particular what I've enjoyed most of this of this season is seeing obviously Maggie back Lauren Cohen's Maggie returning and and her people as well and how they're going to fit into you know with Alexandria and the hilltop uh, communities and such but the fact that she's now got to interact and and be around on a regular basis you know Negan Jeffrey D Morgan's Negan that for me has been something that I have absolutely yeah, loved to watch this season. There's been some absolutely stunning performances from the both of them and, you know, really, really showcasing what skills and what talents they have as actors. Um, th- that's been the highlight for me. Like, number one thing that I've enjoyed the most about this season is Negan and Maggie's storyline. 
And I think that's how I'll probably separate and go over this entire, you know, eight episodes so far by just kind of sticking with, you know, what certain characters have been doing, what they, what, how they, you know, what happened to them and, and just how I felt, feel really <clears throat> that, that, you know, that that's gone down, but, you know, sticking with just uh, Negan and Maggie for just a, a you know, a, a couple more minutes or so, the, their whole story, you know, that, that, you know, it's putting these two characters in such confined spaces at times has been so enjoyable um, you know, just having, especially at the start of the season, like episodes one and two, which are arguably, I think, the best of the of these eight episodes. Anyways, you know, there's there's no trust whatsoever. It's almost like literally just trying to either in one way, shape, or another just kill the other one off. And it was it was something I wasn't expecting it to go down. I was I I knew there'd be some kind of hostility between the two of them, in particular after the whole you know Negan at the end of here's Negan episodes, um the episode the the final episode of season season ten, you know him returning to Alexandria after Carol tried to kind of show him off and be like no don't stay don't stay because she's gonna kill you and after everything you did for me I don't really want your blood on my hands kind of thing even though after everything Negan did it's so strange isn't it when you think of just you know talk about Negan for a second that. His whole arc as a character has been really, really interesting to watch. Even when, you know, it may have been a bit two-dimensional when he first came into it. You know, again, like Angela Kang when she's come in, and other, you know, new writers have come in as well. They've really, really molded and and shaped. And and again, you know, Jeffrey Dean Morgan hats off to his performance because he's. It's so strange hearing people talk about Negan in the sense they were like, I hated him when he first came into it. I couldn't wait for him to get killed off, and now he's like people's favorite character. Um, so you know, again, that just shows you showcases again his his uh, acting his acting skills to be able to uh, kind of have people loathe and yet love him at the same time, which is something I think he's been doing pretty well since he came into it as Jeffrey Dean Morgan. But you know, having him and Maggie together, and you know the the fact of what he did with Glenn and how she ended up obviously walking away from the community that she you know kind of built purely because you know obviously rick kept him alive and rick and michonne kept him alive and she really couldn't she wasn't in that right place to do that so she went off with georgie where's georgie like what what happened with that as well on a bit of a side note where's she gone anyways but yeah so for her to then walk away and then have to come back to help help the guy you know help the communities out with the whisperer war she's put in a position that she probably didn't think she'd have to go back to so soon, especially with when we find out about what happened with her as well, because obviously it's almost like the Alexandrians and, and, and Maggie's people have found each other at the right time because the Reapers, which we're going to talk a bit about as well, you know, they've taken over the community that that Maggie had built as well with, with, these new, these new, uh, yeah, these new community members and such. And so them to, you know, the, these, all of, all of the key players coming back together, it has been really, really, really good to watch to say, especially for, for Lauren Cohen returning as well. You know, I did really miss her as Maggie, you know, she walked away, she, she, you know, saw how broken Negan was when she left him. I don't think if I'm being honest that Maggie expected, expected to see Negan in such fine and like well shape when she did return. If anything, he could have been either, you know, kicked out of the community as Carol tried to do and, and what they do in the comics, obviously they, they send Negan away and that's it. They exile him and that's it. But to ha- have him there at the, at the forefront, you know, we, we saw those, those, traits of Negan the the you know that that almost like kindness within him because he really has taken a, a great bond with Judith and again something that was really started to establish in season 9 obviously is that relationship which obviously Judith has taken over um the 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 Carl storyline in that and Kaylee Fleming as well fantastic in this season yet again we don't really see too much of a screen that you know especially in the first first like few episodes I don't think she got too much screen time did Kaylee Fleming but towards the end you know I mean in particular I'm kind of going to be jumping here here there and everywhere but in the final episode that we've just seen obviously that aired uh, this week uh, the, the scene between her and, and, Vir- and Virgil was just 
just wonderful. Again, some really, like I say, even in these moments of the season that I've not really enjoyed as much, because I do want to talk a little bit about the season finale when I get there. Um, but you know that there there are these diamonds in the rough, if you will. Like there's there's been a few there's been a few episodes that have been a bit of a slow burner, but there's always been a moment in that episode when you're like, "Yep, that is pretty good." I guess I should return to talk about Negan and Maggie, and 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 again, just talking about conversations in particular. That you know those those moments, those fantastic pieces of scripts. I think it was an episode. I don't know, is it four or five or something like that, where we are, or even three, so I've lost track. I've just literally watched a recap of the season as well, so you think I'd be on my A game. Um, but, it, you know, that, that moment when they got talking about everything that happened with Negan and the Saviours, I mean, it's not in too depth. You know, they sat around a campfire and they're just kind of talking about it. And for me, it was like, it was just so striking when Maggie was saying, obviously, if you could, you know, look, if you were looking back now, would you um, have done anything differently? And, you know, Negan could have turned around and been like, yeah, you know, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have did what I did. Shouldn't have killed Abe, and, and especially not should have killed Glenn in the manner that I did in front of you guys as well. This, that, and the other. Um, and he just turns and he says, "I'd have, yeah, I would have done something different. I'd have killed every single one of you. I should have killed every single one of you." And again, that has such an impact on on Maggie as well. You know, she's like, "Why would you say that to me?" Kind of thing after everything that that she actually had to witness that night. Um, that horrendously. <laughs> emotionally draining night not just for 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 the for the actual uh, cast crew and even the characters but for us as audience members blimey season seven episode one was really really tough to watch um but yeah even after all that he's still it's negan what what can we say it's negan i mean you look back at, at the start of the of this season you know he, he left her for dead as well you know they're going through that subway tunnel which like i said at the start episodes one and two are definitely definitely my personal favorites of the season but i would argue you'd say they are the best even better than the mid-season finale which is getting a lot of praise as well and episode six as well i believe with uh, connie's episode like the house of horrors um definitely for me episodes one and two i'm glad they put those out as like a double bill because you know the start of that sequence when they're trying to you know, get the get the rations, the, the military food, obviously, that never expires and such, and, you know, having to kind of mission impossible it in a way. And when, you know, we see the bunker that they go down in when they're, you know, lowering themselves, abseiling down, and it cuts to all these sleeping walkers, something that, I mean, at times I always forget that in season one, like, the walkers were a little bit different. Like, they are a bit more, like, clever, if that's if that's the right word. Like, you know, they'd try and open door handles and, and even banging on glass with bricks and stuff. It was like... Obviously, the show is finding its feet then, but I recently started re-watching the show again from the start, and I was like, oh, yeah, that never really kind of carried on, which it, obviously I'm fine with that, but it's nice to see that there's these new elements of when they bring in, you know, the bringing back the walkers, bringing that fear back as well with the walkers, that it's still really intense because, like I say, when they're sleeping and they're trying to, like, obviously, you know, silently walk around them to get the rations, to not, you know, disrupt what's happening, it's very very intense and as, as a as a long-term long-time viewer and such obviously for me it's yeah like obviously these walkers are sleeping like say that out loud like they're sleeping walkers like what and and yeah just again something fresh something new and and like like Greg Nicotero said something to kind of remind us why we really loved this show in the first instance and that moment when obviously Daryl's blood you know drips down like slow-mo dripping and lands on a walk and it wakes them all up and then Lo and behold, they have to just take all these walkers out without obviously, you know, getting killed themselves. It's really, really, really entertaining. And and like I said, the whole suspense element, I mean, talk about throwing us into the deep end. There's some great visuals and great scenery in that. And just that whole set piece is just fantastic. Um, really, really excellent start to the uh, to the new season. And straight away when I was watching it, I said to my fiance, I was like, this feels like a completely different show for some reason, whether it's because we're watching it on Disney Plus over here in the UK. I don't know. It was like, it just felt like 
so much bigger and literally like it was not a reboot, but like the start of something else. You could argue at some point it could almost be a spin-off, but it's not. It's, we're actually watching, you know, The Walking Dead. It was, it was really strange, but it was great because I think that it, it took off from there. And just while we're talking about the the subway sequence, obviously those first two episodes and, you know, the whole, well, so much of the the group together down, you know, down in the subway tunnels, um, you know, the whole Walker sequences down there was so, so intense, you know, like just this the the very limited use of lighting but also like the cinematography and and some of the the filming of these sequences were just so so good like the cinematography for me is on another level for this series like there was some really really excellent work and like I said, I think there's been so many moments in this series where they've tried to do something different with like camera angles or whether you know how they're filming it, and and in particular one of my favourite shots in the first, I think it's episode two, um, is the the, the the these walkers are breaking through on a particular subway tunnel, uh, subway train even sorry, and the camera is on like the the outside of the train. Uh, looking in through the window, and I, I'm 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 pretty certain it's Daryl who's going through and just absolutely it's either Daryl or Gabe, and I can't remember exactly which. So forgive me on that. Um, but you know we're following as they're going through shooting and taking down these walkers. You know the camera's just panning across like from right to left as we follow the you know the character Daryl. I'm sure it is Daryl, but as we follow them you know, as I say, shooting and, and taking down these walkers. Like, that's just, for me, a perfect example of some of the things I absolutely loved, in particular, like I say, about the cinematography about the series. Um, but yeah, really, really, the, the, the subway sequences were just so intense, super intense. The you know the 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 weather as well in this uh, in this this first half has really been more of a a key play. The rain that we've that we've been getting as well in it has really added a little bit more depth to it. Especially like I say in the haunted house episode when you've got like Connie running around absolutely like petrified from these like I don't even know what those beings were, but it was just something that I, I again new and fresh and 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 yeah. Pretty strange, really strange. I'll come back to that in a second. I just want to kind of try to keep it as chronological as I possibly can and talk about the characters. But I, I, as you can see, I'm just flying here, there, and everywhere, just trying to cram everything in. And, and the best thing about this, as well, listeners, is that I'll finish this podcast and there'll be still some stuff I'll be like, oh, damn, I forgot to mention that. So I look forward to those moments. Um, but yeah, the, the opening two episodes, like I say, in the subway, we're just obviously touching upon like the reason why they get into the subway tunnels is due to this horrendous storm. Like Maggie wants to go and get like supplies. The only place that she knows she can get the supplies from is by going back to the place that, you know, her community that she lost to these reapers, which obviously just going back to obviously season season 10, especially in episode 17, Home Sweet Home, when, you know, we learn about what happened with Maggie and the community has been taken down. We first get the mention and glimpse of said reapers. And, you know, they said, you know, Angela Kang said after, was in the you know talking dead is that you know we would learn more about them when the season does return but with the reapers i wasn't expecting them to be such a big um yeah such a heavy impact on this first half of the season and what looks to be the remaining 16 episodes maybe at least the next eight um was not expecting them to be such a big you know this bigger part i mean i knew that they'd be you know quite heavily involved um but i just yeah, I just wasn't expecting that, which, again, I will come to. Um, I just really want to just talk about, you know, those moments between, like, I don't know if you remember, we were talking about Negan and Maggie a second ago, but, you know, the, those moments of the, the literally Negan just being straight out, like, she wants to, she wants me dead, like, basically. There's no way I'm, like, when he's addressing the whole groups, like, there's no way I am risking my ass, if you will, to, like, continue on this, like crusade which is going to get us all killed and she ain't going to save me if anything happens like i am going to be the bottom of the pile if there's a horde or anything any nasty surprises if it involves me she's just going to leave me and so it was kind of like surprising at the end that after all of that and you're thinking 
Um, you know, he's even like insulted insulted her to the point where he's like saying, Oh, I put Glenn down like a dog and you know, and Daryl Sparks like a, a smack from Daryl kind of thing, which again that line was one that it's just they're just so brutal with each other. They're just literally just at each other. Like these first few episodes, it's like just not trying to outdo each other, but just kind of cement their status because yes, Negan did what he did, but he did it because he was trying to protect his people. And Maggie's obviously was doing, they were doing the same for their people. So it's, it's real lockerheads, but at the same time, obviously you're almost like as a viewer, you think they're never going to be able to have an actual functional relationship between each other. It is going to be one or the other. Well, interestingly enough, it's kind of like these, I wouldn't say it's getting patched up their relationship, but there is, a definite moving forward between the two of them, almost like I, I reckon it could get to a point where they acknowledge what happened. Obviously, she'll never forgive him for it, but I think that it's going to move to a point where they will just be able to coexist with each other. It's almost like it shouldn't. It shouldn't be able to. I mean, as long as it doesn't go anything further than that, I don't want like some kind of like ridiculously romantic love affair between the two because that would be absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we've. It's been in some in some ways like kind of like watching a bit of a married couple argue all the time because, like I said, they just disagree with each other all the time. But they do have these kind of moments, you know, of. I don't know, understanding with one another, uh, albeit if it, even if the other person necessarily doesn't want to. I spe- I'm more so on Maggie. I think that, you know, Maggie, does, you know, rightly so, is not not really fussed about whether Negan lives or dies, but I think that she does understand what value he has to the community because of his experience as a leader, but also he, he's just just a bit of a badass, isn't he, let's be honest. Obviously, if he can do what he did in front of him, I, I think that, you know, he, he's already showcased he's, uh, he's able to survive this long, so... Yeah, when he does leave her though, and and you you get that cliffhanger of the episode end of episode one with Maggie obviously hanging for dear life as these walkers are like charging at her from you know while they're trying to get in the subway tunnel or get on top of the subway tunnel, he just leaves her. I was thinking, what? After everything that's just happened, obviously this whole speech about him being like she's gonna kill me at any opportunity, da da da, could have really shown like that he's bigger and better person. Decides, nah, sod it. And again, like, understand. It's weird because when in the second episode, I was like, if he doesn't come back and save her, or at least offer his crowbar or something, like, how, well, this, then it's his own fault if she wants to, get, like, wants to kill him and this, that, and the other. Um, and then he just kind of explains to everyone, it's like, it was either her or me. And if it was the other way around, there's no chance in hell that she'd have done the same. There's no chance in hell that she'd have done it differently and that she would have left me like I did her. And everyone's just like, yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Next. So. You know th- that relationship between Negan and, and Maggie, I'm 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 all, I'm all for it. I think that this this dynamic between the two of them, their story in season eleven has been for me, anyways, the most enjoyable to watch. It's been great seeing them explore and go over past events and 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 you know kind of see how they've both grown, but differently, like or even changed really, because you know Maggie. I don't know, Maggie at times is like, a, like I said, she's on a, a one-woman a one crusade at times, like, you know, trying to get get at these Reapers, um, which I guess would be a, a really good time to kind of talk about the Reapers and, and my thoughts on it, because it it'll bring me into kind of Daryl's story, because Daryl obviously is is along for the ride in this, you know, hunt for, for the, you know, supplies to, to also, you know, kind of, well, get the supplies back from from when was lost. Um, but the Reapers, yeah, like when we first saw them in episode uh, 17 of season 10, you know, we got this, you know, we knew they were military, very military equipped and and obviously ex-army. Um, and men- the mention of Pope, he says like Pope March, you in episode 17, like who's Pope, what's this? Um, and Pope really, for like the leader of the Reapers, I mean, how many times were you going to get some kind of like weird cult craze leader of another <laughs> another group, really? Because Pope is played by uh, Richie Costa, and at times I felt like he was really, really like cartoonish. Um, not the best villain. I think that 
he does strike fear, I would say, but not... I don't know, it's really difficult to put into words what I'm trying to say. I just think that he's just not the best, and I was really glad to see him go, really, at the end. Um, you know, these Reapers, they they essentially were ex-military, and when the, when the zombie apocalypse kicked off, they were stuck in a church that then set ablaze. Everything around the church burnt and, you know obviously well it was destroyed but the church stood still like stood tall it still you know it survived it and so by this happening this moment uh pope thinks that god has given you know chosen these to to survive they you know he's picked them as the chosen ones therefore they are here to you know kind of well sort sort the world out uh, or, or, or for, for a better phrase i don't know but it would just yeah i could buy it it's just that i don't know like i i really had high hopes weirdly for the for the reapers when we first saw that teaser of them marching down towards obviously the camera in the in the in the teaser trailer for this season and they're there in their masks and they've got all these like sharp blades they look pretty pretty terrifying um only for them to not really use those masks and kind of take them off it's like oh yeah they're just another just another community just just out really doing just causing havoc again i guess i mean they've obviously got their reasons that they're all family i guess they're all trying to protect their community as everyone is but i don't know i just i just i was not expecting it and i also obviously was not expecting um to see uh, leah uh, lynn collins character leah return which was a bit of a surprise for, for obviously daryl's uh for daryl's story in these last uh, well in these first eight episodes because you know daryl got his own um, you know, centered episode in in the back end of season ten, which again was another one of the positive ones. I think that it was a great, just a great different uh, view of of for Daryl and and for us as audience to kind of see that um, you know softer side and and the fact that he was willing to give up and leave the community. You know, he was looking for Rick. He spent a lot of time looking for Rick. He was willing to give all that up just to be with Leah. And I think it was just, yeah, it, it was it was different. It was nice. And I think that they, you know, again, it was mention of Rick talking about his brother, this, that, and the other. And I, I just, that episode was really lovely. And it was a shame that, you know, it didn't work out the way. Obviously, it had to not work out the way because it was a flashback episode. So we knew that Daryl did come back to the group anyways. But I thought Lynn Collins was great in that episode. I didn't think that this was how it was going to go. I knew she'd come back. I felt like it could happen at the at the Commonwealth, but I wasn't expecting it that she was going to be a Reaper. And if I'm being completely honest, this is one of my issues with this season of The Walking Dead or this first eight episode. Well, it's going to be an issue with the season because she's still knocking about at the end and, and going to be in the, uh, the, the next eight episodes at least anyways. But... I just don't think it was believable. I don't know if that's me. Just I don't know if, if anyone else agrees was listening, but I, I maybe not believable, but I just think that they really messed up a story. I think that she could have definitely absolutely returned because it was such a beautiful storyline between the two of her and Daryl. But yes, I know that they want to surprise audience members and want to go down a route of like, you know, something completely different and throw those surprises in for this final season to make it even bigger and better. But, you know, when she took she lifted her mask up and she was, you know, part of the Reapers, I was like, okay, that's different. Maybe... Maybe uh, where where is this going to go? And I, I don't know. Like I think that she has, you know, she she's a fantastic actor and 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 a character is great. There's so many layers to it as well. Like there's so many like you know seeing a character so torn like Leah is in the sense that she's got a family. You know, she pops her leader almost like father figure to an extent as well, even though it's an absolute nut job. <laughs> and like all these other people, you know, in in this in the Reapers and such. And then you know she's got affection and 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 well love for Daryl, who you know she had that close relationship with and was willing to you know live the rest of her life just with him, just in a little cabin. Which wouldn't that be nice? Maybe that'll be the next Walking Dead spin-off that they're going to announce. I don't know. Um. So yeah that it was you know to see that character that torn inside and to be going over and going through kind of the emotions that she is i guess i do i do think yeah very compelling interesting but i don't think it's 
I, I don't know. I don't think it brings anything. And my again, problem. The 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 the, neg- the Reapers aren't the only negative for this series. So there have been, there's been some slow bits in it, but like because the Reapers have been so heavily heavily like involved with this first half of season eleven, I you know that. <laughs> There are going to be negatives with that, basically, because, like I said, I'm too concerned at the moment that we only have now 16 episodes left of this final season, and we've not really, like, touched too much on the Commonwealth, which I'm going to come to in a second, because that brings me to, obviously, the other character storyline there as well, Um, you know, Eugene and, and, uh, yeah, and so on. But, um, yeah, like, the Reapers, putting these in at the moment, I just think is so... Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's a risk, basically, I think is the, the word I'll go for. It's a bit of a risk, because they could be really setting themselves up to fail here. Um, kind of how I feel about the whole CRM, Civic Republic Military and, and this, that and the other that's happening in the world beyond and how they've like intertwined with fear and, and, and the walking dead and such. But I just feel like they could really mess this final season up if we focus so too much on this Reaper situation because, they, like I said, at the end of the last episode, uh, Pope is now dead. Leah killed Pope because Pope has really gone mad. I mean, the, the, you know, the whole religious connotations are very interesting and very you know, kind of different because it's it's you know we've we've had Gabriel obviously all the way through the walking dead who has always kept his faith even at times it's been really pushed and really tested you know he's you know Gabriel as a character done some horrendous things before he first met the group and had to build that trust and gain that trust from Rick Grimes in particular you know and his whole arc has been absolutely brilliant I'm really glad he surpassed his comic deaths I'm praying pun <laughs> I'm praying that they don't kill him off and I, I really hope he lasts because I think Gabe has been one of the like Carol I think those two need to stay and I know they've already said that Carol when we know Carol she's going to get her own spin-off with Daryl but I know Carol isn't going anywhere um but I'd also think that Gabe needs to stick around as well because like I said, he's his whole arc since we met him has been one of, has been one of my favorites anyways because he was such a slime ball at the start and then he's turned into an absolute badass so yeah I'm all for Gabe um and and yes we've had that religious connotation with Gabe and stuff and obviously like Rick questioning that being like how can you believe in it this that and the other and we know why Pope and Co have these religious uh, religious beliefs as well but like I said by surviving that church fire um obviously he takes it to a whole new level and I think he he, he just really got lost in he got lost in his own world did Pope you know he's kind of just not even bothered about the number of people that he loses. It's almost sometimes I was like, what, what, how can he be not that bothered about like just sending a man off to like, kind of just be just, yeah, like bait almost. And then being like, oh yeah, we still, we're losing numbers. It's like you're your own problem, mate. Like you're the one who's like, oh, well, you know, just go see it. see how it is. I knew that he'd die. This, that, and this. Like, well, how can you then complain that you're losing men? Anyways, by the by, Leah kills him off because he just, he's just gone a bit too, too far gone. Um, and then has the opportunity to kind of like leave with Daryl because Daryl's like, look, these people, I am, you know, he's Daryl's undercover. I forgot to mention this. Daryl ends up undercover basically because Leah finds Daryl. They go back to base and he has to just kind of put the charade on that he's kind of been on his own since Leah left him because as far as Leah knew, obviously he was with the community and friends and then he obviously left to kind of look for look for Rick, obviously. Um, so then for him to, to, you know, again, why does Daryl always end up with these absolute just horrendous characters you know we saw it in season five and he ends up meeting those like biker gangs or whatever where rick ends up taking a chunk out of that guy's neck great scene great episodes as well those last few of season uh four five i think that was um you know daryl always i mean this is this is again one of the things that i have seen knocking about is that it's kind of repetitive having daryl have these kind of 
storylines where he's kind of stuck with just horrendous people that he's trying to get away from or at least stop kind of thing. So yeah, that happens again in this and he's obviously undercover. He's got to kind of, he really takes undercover in serious though, doesn't he? Let's be honest, Daryl, like when he's there interrogating one of his own people from like Alexandria or even Maggie's crew, I can't remember which, and ends up like chopping his finger off as part of this whole charade. I think that, yeah, like fair, he's, he's doing it because obviously he's again trying obviously to survive, but also there's there's that tie with Leah as well. And Leah has the chance to leave with him and then she turns around and says that Daryl, you know, gets on the radio and says to every all the other Reapers that Daryl is the one that killed Pope. Amongst this war that's been kicking off as well, sorry, I, this is what I mean, I'm doing this podcast, it's going here then everywhere, but obviously because Maggie and, and you know, they, they came, they've managed to get to this, you know, their old, their old community to take, take back the food, this, that and the other, um, and then she takes on like the Whisperer form. She's there, like the him and her and Negan. They're all there, like circling and getting these walkers together, using using the Whisperer way. And it's nice in a way that they've carried, you know, that on that they've learned something and that they've adapted it as well. Yeah, I, I, it's nice that they did bring that back and that these moments, uh, you know, like with the Whisperers, such and and having Negan slav his mask and teaching Maggie how to even like be a walker and such and to do it the the, the whisper away to air quote um you know seeing that being used by our heroes against um against obviously the reapers was another tick for me because i thought that's pretty cool pretty cool i like that a lot that they managed to bring that round again um so there the, the, this whole you know situation's kicking off between maggie and and she's managing to get walkers to infiltrate the base this that and the other and you know leah then kills pope and then blames it on daryl and you know the, the I I I I don't want to talk. To, well, I guess I'm going to have to now talk about the ending of season of season eleven. Even though I want to just kind of go over a bit more of the other characters, especially like the Commonwealth as well. Um, but you know, the ending of this season has ended with this like device that's been built, which is basically like just a big firework display. I would say that's that's very dangerous. And you know, it was going to get aimed, and this is kind of showing how far Pope had gone. He was willing to just kind of aim it at the courtyard where his men were trying to take back the walk, like kill off the walkers and just blow everyone up that was in the courtyard kind of thing. And you're like, this guy's just absolutely off his rocker. Like, let's be honest. So he gets taken down because of that. Leah's like, no, I'm not having any of this. And then she decides, obviously, after all of this, that, you know, there's, she knows that the, 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 our heroes are in the midst of the, you know, the, the entrance. And she knows that Daryl is now, you know, entering the courtyard. She knows that Daryl is with them as well. And she just lets it, lets it off, you know, fireworks this that and the other aim at the fire at the camera and we cut to black and then it ends and i was just sat there like another cliffhanger another i get it though. i i guess i get it because i know that we're going to get another eight ep- well 16 episodes we've got still another two halves to go but i'm sick of, i mean i should expect it really shouldn't have from walking dead but i am sick to death of cliffhangers like it's i mean not only do we have that cliffhanger but just coming back to alexandria for a second when all hell is breaking loose because the storm's kicking off and walkers are getting into their walls again because it's all a bit of a mess since the whisper war you know there's also another cliffhanger there in that judith and uh, gracie that's the name i was going to say i forgot a name there but i haven't judith and gracie have to take shelter in the basement because the walkers infiltrate the house that they're staying in and there's water you know put like just flooding in through the windows like a mini waterfall obviously the water levels are going to keep rising in that basement they're stuck in there and we're like, what, how are they going to get out of this? I mean, obviously they will get out of it. There's no way they're going to kill off yet another Grimes, are they? Um, but yeah, so there's that cliffhanger there as well. There's also a bit of a question mark around Rosita um, because, I, you know, a lot of speculation in particular, I thought that she could have been bit when she went out to kind of take back the walkers just because it was a very strange scene, I felt, when she came back and he said, let's just stay away from the windows. It was kind of like there was too long of a pause for that to be natural. 
So I'm thinking there's you know a little bit of blood under a uh, her, you know under a chin. Sorry, it, it could be her own. Obviously, it could just be Walker bloods. Is she going to get Andrea's death in the comics, and she's going to take a bite to the neck, and then that's it? And Gabriel then is the one that's going to be broken, and 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 you know I've you know struggle with the loss of Rosita. There's a whole potential storyline just building up there. You see, so Alexandria is a mess. Is Rosita gonna die? Question mark. Who knows? Um, but you know that brings me kind of to the Alexandrians. I would say before I get to the Commonwealth as well, because you know one of the, one of my favorite character developments as well. I've already spoke about Gabe and and, and such, but the other being Aaron, portrayed by Ross Marquand, who. You know, Aaron started off as just you know the the you know the kind of the guy to look for the you know for Alexandria to help looking for new people to join them. And the other would be like a kind of a scout. Um, you know, his whole arc. I mean, he is essentially Rick from the comics now. <laughs> That's the thing. He's got he's got the arms go with it. He's got the beard as well. He's got the short hair. He is literally Rick, and I and I and I like it. I mean, you know, it's as close to a Rick Grimes we're going to get because you know he he has he nearly went down such a dark path in this uh, in this season. If it wasn't for Carol, who had to remind him of what she went through as well because she had that with the loss of Henry. Um, you know, she had to kind of bring him back to that light because he was when he found when they found him and Jerry um, Cooper Andrews plays Jerry when they found you know the the whisperer that was just kind of like again in at the hilltop you know the torture sequence when he's got him tied up and he's kind of letting that walker come closer and closer and even lets him bite this guy's hand and he gives him the chance like let me know about the if you let me know that if there's any more whisperers i'll cut your arm off and then you'll stop the infection it's like wow man like he's he's gone through so much to get to this point where he's literally on the verge of just becoming such a dark character you know we've kind of seen elements of that you know prior and you know yeah, it was it was good. Like I think that Aaron, you know, he was he had some great storylines in season season ten, especially obviously with the whole trust issue with Negan. But in this season, you know, I, I never would I expect to have seen him do anything like that. It was pretty uh, pretty dark, and um, yeah, he really could have gone down a a very much darker path. Which, like I say, if it wasn't for uh, Carol, obviously Melissa McBride, he would have done. And Melissa McBride is just excellent all round, isn't she? She's one of the best characters. It literally, again, talk about story arcs for a character. You know, again, like I said, I've been watching season one of The Walking Dead. Like just from who she was to where she got to, like Rambo Carol. Like, yeah, Carol all the way for the win. Like if if Carol or Daryl die, then we riot. But we know they're not gonna because they're getting their own spin off. Hey, thanks for the spoilers, guys. But yes, right. So I think just just kind of summing up the Alexandrians. Obviously, you know, Kelly, uh, you know, spent most of the uh, most of the time uh, looking for her sister Connie. That's been kind of building up for a while now, and I'm really glad to see that's all been settled and sorted. You know, it's great after I think it was mid mid season season ten, and then you know Connie, uh, you know, left us. Um, you know, presumed dead. You know, finally having her back as well, and uh, Lauren Ridloff obviously is going to be starring in the Eternals film, Marvel's Eternals, which is why she's been so gone for so long. Um, you know, it's great to have her back. Brings again that whole new layer to Walking Dead as well, the sign language and stuff. It's great to have a character like that in this show. I've been saying that since the since Connie's uh, introduction as well. Um, but it was really lovely to have uh, Connie and uh, Kelly back together again because yeah, sisters. You know, it's it's that episode with Connie kind of like I said, running around that haunted house horror house even sorry with these like like i said earlier i have no idea what those entities were it was just some these these strange people who survived somehow by just becoming golems it seemed the only thing that was missing was one ring to rule them all and them just shouting my precious and then you've got a bunch of like golem breeds it was uh 
yeah, that episode got so many great reviews. Now I was like, I, I'm not here for this. And I, I, again, it was something new. It was something that, again, with it, you know, with it being the last season, you can just tell that the writers were like, and creators were just like, let's just go all out with this season. Let's do a bit of this and a bit of that. And yeah, a different bit of a one-off. I let it, I let it slide, but I just wasn't expecting it in The Walking Dead. And but it was a kind of a great way to bring bring Virgil and uh, and 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 Connie back, I guess. But it was just madness, absolute madness. Yeah. Golems, golems everywhere. Um, so yeah, great to have those guys back as well. I'm just looking at some of the other characters as well. Like Magna's been really forgettable this season, if I'm being honest. I think that she's just the buzzkill of the group. She's just constantly trying to make people stay or do something that I've just been like just against every every plan, every idea, really. Like just kind of I don't know, like it's just she's been for me anyways a little bit forgettable, or at least rememberable for being, like I say, a bit of a buzzkill. Um but overall, like the Alexandrians have just been kind of trying to rebuild Alexandria and, and get the community back, but they are running out of food. So some have split off and gone with Maggie and Co. But yeah, it's just been kind of just trying to rebuild rebuild that community, which obviously will be leading down towards the Commonwealth story arc, which now brings me nicely to the Commonwealth, because it was a bit of a shame for me that they didn't get any real mention or at least any um, any screen time in the last episode of the season. You know, we've been kind of, I guess, like the way that they left it the last time around, obviously I think it was left with Eugene just like, comp- just rightly so, just get, taking punch in um, what will be uh, Sebastian Milton, the son of Pamela Milton, the leader of the Commonwealth. You know, I think that's where it was left anyways between them. But, you know, to see what's going off there for me again, like I was really, I, well, to be honest with you, let's just, just summarise the Commonwealth on, on the actual show. I think it's it's what I was expecting. It's everything that I think they've nailed it. I think they've got, they've, they've got the cast absolutely spot on. Um, you know, there's there's some big, big characters coming into it. And uh, Michael James Shaw is Mercer. Obviously great to see him on the post as well for the season. I just think that what a Mercer he is. Like what a casting choice that was. Like it's nailed it. Like Mercer is this big badass in the comics and I think they've absolutely got a big badass to play him because I think Mercer in the TV show as well, one of my favourite characters, uh, the whole interrogation sequence, you know, with the likes of uh, Eugene and Yumiko and and and, and, and Princess and, and obviously um, the King, Ezekiel, uh, they, that was just great. Like, obviously, we got, again, another bit of a mini episode, one-off episode at the back end of season 10, but to see this, like, kind of really, really come to fruition and, and to be moving forward and ramping towards the Commonwealth has been so, so exciting, especially for, like I said, the comic book fans who have been waiting to see these, you know, to, to see the Commonwealth come into it, you know, these stormtrooper-looking guys, just, just you know a whole different world almost because most of the people in the Commonwealth have never had to go. It's a bit like how we met the Alexandrians first time around when we, when Rick and co got there and they were there looking like, you know, they've seen, seen death and fought it off and everyone in Alexandria were just living their life as normal. These are on like an even bigger level of that because not only have some people never had to leave these walls and they've been safe since the get go, but they've all got a role to play. They're all like doing their actual jobs that they were doing before the the outbreak happened or this that and the other but they've also you know really managed to, uh, to yeah just to keep surviving as uh, as much as as much as they have done um, so it's really interesting and, and great to see that happening and, and coming onto the uh, onto the screen like I say because Commonwealth is such a big um, such a big uh, deal in the uh, in the actual uh, in the actual comics so yeah like having Ezekiel and and even the 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 you know um, reunion for Yumiko with her brother was just great. It's obviously she's taken now Michonne's story and in, in from the from the actual comics. I think of Michonne it's her sister as well that she reunites with. So to have Yumika taking that over and who will definitely be coming a, a key factor in that Commonwealth storyline. Yeah, has me kind of itching to see more more of that. But um 
we haven't really we haven't met the leader, which again is something that we're going to obviously establish. And I think we've seen from the trailer for season uh, eleven, part B, that that will be happening. Um, but there is more to come from the Commonwealth, and it's not all as it's cracked up to be. And I'm very much, very much looking forward to seeing them develop that and um, yeah, move forward with it. Like I said at the start, though, there's probably going to be something that I've forgot to talk about, but I just wanted to kind of go over this season as a whole. It's left me feeling a little bit unsure. Like I said, I'm a bit worried that it is going to be kind of wrapped up a little bit too quick and too too rushed this final season. Um, but I'm just hoping that we do get some payoff, at least for me anyway. The bigger note is like I really want them to mention something about Rick and where Michonne's gone because I didn't understand why when Judith and Virgil were talking to each other, even though it was such a lovely and heartfelt conversation between the two characters, Virgil knew where Michonne went. It's like, obviously doesn't know exactly where she went, but he knew that she went off looking for Rick because of the picture that she saw. And he saw her look at the picture that was a drawing of Michonne and Judith. He sat in the same room with said girl from the drawing and has not gone, I think he's gone looking for your dad. I think she's gone looking for your dad. I just didn't, I just couldn't believe it. It was such a missed opportunity. I know why Judith has not said anything to Daryl or anyone else because she's worried that they'll then leave and look for Rick because she doesn't want to lose everyone it's a little well you could argue it's a little bit selfish but at the same time like she's just a kid man like she just wants to she what she needs she needs these people around her so after losing Michonne anyways but yeah really strange that that didn't get a mention at all so that needs to needs to pick up because I am still waiting for these Rick Grimes movies with bated breath um but season 11 as a whole I think it's been yeah it's been good it's been pretty good it's been it's been there's been some moments where it was a little bit fillery a little bit where it dipped but I think that there's enough to go on. I just really hope that they don't kind of, you know, rush the Commonwealth because we've hardly really seen them. We know so much about them. and say so we know that everyone's got a job to do. You know, there's a whole tier system, you know, Eugene and, and Princess and, and, uh, and Ezekiel have been like clearing walkers from buildings and such because, you know, of, the, of what they did within, um, yeah, by breaking the rules, sorry, within the Commonwealth. So there is that tier system there that's that's obviously kind of already kind of shown and um, what will happen to obviously Eugene after smacking smacking the young lad in the face. Who knows? I'm, again, just wanting to see more of Mercer. I want to see more Commonwealth. That's my only issue. I really want to see more Commonwealth. Less Reapers, more Commonwealth because we've only got 60 more episodes to go, guys. So let's really, really ramp that up. But anywho... I'm not going to rate this out of 10, this because I've only seen eight episodes of it. I would like to do a final review at the end of the season when it's completely done and The Walking Dead is, is finally finished, which is so weird to think that we are now literally on you know course for this show's final episode soon. So, yeah, I wasn't too happy with the cliffhanger element of it, but this season has had some excellent moments in there in particular. The whole Negan and, Ma the whole Negan and Maggie storyline has been absolutely fantastic to watch. So I want more of that. I want to see how that kind of builds. But, yeah... Please, please show me more Commonwealth. I know they will because that's that's where we're going with it. But just sort the Reapers out and move on from it, guys. It needs <laughs> they need to go. But thank you again for listening. I think it's yeah been a pretty 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 good first half of the uh, of this final season, this epic final season of The Walking Dead. This has been episode twenty nine of Joe Blogs about TV this week. I'll be back soon talking about Venom. Let there be carnage. Finally, can't wait to see that film at the end of this week. But yes, you'll be hearing my thoughts on that in the not too distant future. But thank you ever so much again for listening to this extended episode about The Walking Dead season. 11 part a